don't know if I really love this decision. Over the middle, got his man, and look at him go! Jalen Waddle for the touchdown! Welcome to Inside Leverage, your gateway to the fascinating realm of the Miami Dolphins. Join us as we delve deep into the team's dynamic Super Bowl journey. We invite you to share your most scorching takes, unwind, and relish in our captivating All right. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Inside Leverage. I am your host, uh, Tui Viola. We have Wally Wonka and French here with us as well. Uh, our guest, Mr. Lake Lewis Jr. Lake, if you could just go ahead and introduce yourself to the people, just give them a little bit of background about who you are and when they can find your work. I uh, appreciate you guys, first and foremost, for having me on. Uh, I am an insider with uh, ABC and uh, Washington, D.C. with uh uh, the NFL and the Washington Commanders. Um, also been a uh, morning anchor for ABC as well. So just a little bit of everything going on right now. What is your outlook on the Commanders right now? I know you guys just went in out fired Jack Del Rio. It's looking like um, the game is passing by <laughs> the head coach and uh, Ron Rivera. Um, but um, it, it seems like you guys still have some pieces. You, you guys are still fighting. How was how was playing great? Like, what, what are your thoughts on the commander so far? And um, what's your outlook on this game coming this Sunday? Well, I mean, they're a mess, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I have been uh, one of the one of the media members here in this in this town that have been calling for Jack Del Rio to be fired. And that was like two years ago. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Ron Rivera finally got it in himself to, to make the move. And I, I don't know if he's doing this to save his job. You know, if maybe he thinks they're going to catch lightning in a bottle and it kind of would help him save his place. I think a lot of people in the town right now have been calling for Eric Bieniemy to be the interim head coach, and that's not going to happen right now. Uh, so the outlook is is that this is a you know a team that has a lot of young pieces in play. I mean, they do have a lot of young talent. They just haven't been coached up properly, and I I think that this will be a competitive football game for maybe a half. And then I think, both, uh, you know, the, the Dolphins are just too talented. I mean, right now they're on a mission to try to secure a number one seed in the AFC. So uh, I expect the, the Dolphins to win this game going away, but I think it's going to be a tough game uh, probably up until, you know, maybe the end of the third quarter. Quick question, man. Like what's going on? Because the I had high expectations for you guys. You have a, had a, a defense that, the key pieces, and then you add, you have your receiver, you got Scary Terry, like uh, Gibson, Brian Robinson. I was telling people that maybe, maybe Ron Rivera was like, if it's a basketball analogy, it was like when the Warriors got rid of Mark Jackson and they got Steve Kerr. Yeah. I think that has to happen. And you, and you, you, you said it would, it couldn't happen, it wasn't going to happen with Eric Bannemi, but I think that's your Steve Kerr there, man. Like, I think that really is your next step up. And I, the writing's in the wall to me, but what what happened? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a great point you just said. You know, look, I think a lot of people thought that the defense was already in play. I mean, they had, you know, at the time, Chase Young, Montez Sweat. 
Um, you know, they invested a lot into their defensive line. You know, first rounders all across the board with Deron Payne and John Allen. And then you had Jamin Davis, another first round draft pick, who's your middle linebacker. So I just think that the scheme didn't work for these guys. And unfortunately, before you saw what you could what they could do together in a different scheme, you you trade guys. And I think for a lot of fans out there, they're looking at it like, yeah, they got a lot of draft capital in return. Uh, for Montez Sweat and Chase Young, but still, it would have been nice to see what they could do collectively with, with in a proper scheme, and and they de- they never got that. So, a lot of that falls at the feet of Ron Rivera because, outside of being the coach, he pretty much is a, is the de facto general manager for this football team. I mean, everything has to go through him as far as any player acquisitions, trades, uh, free agent signings, whatever you call it, draft picks. You know, he's the guy that had the final say in those things and for them to be in the situation they're in now with having one of the worst defensive units in the league and on top of that you know when Jack Del Rio was here you know he was a former linebacker in the NFL Ron Rivera is a former linebacker in the NFL and yet they probably have the worst linebacking unit in the NFL so for a lot of people out there it's unforgivable how bad it's gotten thanks again um this is French let me ask you a quick question. We look at Sam Howe, we look at some of the numbers that he's put up. What are some of the things that that this offense can do right that the Dolphins might want to, I don't want to say steer clear from, because I feel like the Fangio defense is blossoming into the Phoenix. But what are some of the things that this offense is doing that, you know, may, may I'll say a, a, a first half game? Right. Okay, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think right now, this offense is a product of, of it's Eric Bieniemy's offense and they're still learning and they're still getting better week to week. I mean, Sam Howell is a really good young quarterback. You know, he's got a lot of long-term potential to possibly be uh, the franchise quarterback for the commanders, but you know, he still at times makes, you know, basically first year starting quarterback mistakes. I mean, by all intents and purposes, he's still a rookie. So I think one of the things that the Dolphins are going to have to be leery of is just, you know, not not taking Washington lightly. And I'm not saying they're going to do that because, you know, Mike McDaniel used to be here in Washington and I coached, I mean, not coached, but I covered him when he was coaching here. And, you know, so I don't think he's going to come in here taking anyone lightly. I want to I have a question, man. You said you covered Mike. You have any Mike stories? Man? It doesn't have to be colorful. Nothing crazy. You have any Mike stories, man? I mean, listen, you know, he was a lot quieter when he was here. Um, I think he's kind of got a little swag going on down in Miami. And, you, you know, he's trying to change the way coaches dress and all that stuff. I love it, man. I mean, he looks like he's chilling. Um, and I think that what they're calling him uh, 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 Miami Mike or something like that or, you know, something, you know, I, I saw it. But, no, he was, he was a lot quieter when he was here. Um, he was with Shanahan, you know, and. And I'm talking big Shanahan. So, you know, they kind of kept their heads down. And uh, the staff, when he was here, believe it or not, man, it was him, Sean McVay, um, Zach, uh, um, you know, coaching Cincinnati. Uh, Zach Taylor. Let, let me go because there's a couple more. Um, I'm missing some guys. Um, uh, Matt LaFleur in, in Green Bay. They were all here in the same building. Kyle Shanahan and, you know, Kevin O'Connell. And then all of a sudden, you know, everybody got their opportunities and he's flourishing right now. So you guys got a really good coach down there. He's innovative. 
um, changing the way offense is played. I mean, hell, they hung 70 points on Denver this year. You don't see that in the NFL, so you guys got a good one. Yeah, we're extremely thankful uh, for Mike McDaniel and his presence and everything he's brought to the franchise. Um, it's a stark difference from what we had in the past regime with uh, with Flores. Just just really thankful for, for you guys and your development of, of him over there and his time there, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure it did a lot for him. And his, he talks about it all the time. He actually spoke on it recently on how when they got RG3, they didn't really know how to do anything other pistol and all that. They had to kind of learn. And it, it, it worked to put an offense around him. And he crafted an offense around Tua just the same. And it's been dreamless. And we're thankful for, for, for what he's brought to the team for sure. Yeah, I mean, he was actually one of the coaches when he was here, um, you know, that traveled, you know, to some colleges at the time that were running you know, a lot of the RPOs and a lot of the spread offense. And, uh, you know, so he saw it up close and personal and then they implemented it in the NFL. And I remember vividly a lot of people saying that it'll never work in the NFL. The athletic quarterback will never work in the NFL and look at what's happening. So you, you kind of can give him and Kyle Shanahan credit for bringing that to the NFL. And if you look around the league, it's, it's it's the majority black quarterbacks, you know, specifically going back to what didn't work in Washington with RG3. It's working now. They, they, they do call him Miami, uh, Miami Mike. Lake, if you was down here, we might call you Lake Okeechobee, baby. We, <laughs> you, you might be you might be bigger than Hollywood down here. But uh, one of the things I wanted to say is, do you think this this offense maybe has just we and Mike McDaniel has kind of hinted to or kind of evolved? as it's come along from these different stops and kind of with the players they got, because I look at what, what, what you all were able to do those seasons when you all ran the ball and it, it, week after week, it was almost at a, at, at a record eclipse that you all were breaking tackles and, and those guys, man, I, I, I want that for our run game. So I just want to know what, what similarities do you see and what differences do you see from this Mike McDaniel offense now late to what you all kind of were doing back when he was in Washington? Well, you know, what's, what's crazy is, is that when I look at Mostert, he kind of reminds me of a guy that was here with the Shanahan's when they were here at McDaniel, um, Ryan Terrain. And, you know, they, they, they look very similar features and size. Obviously, uh, you know, Mostert's much faster. I mean, he's one of the faster backs in the league, and people don't realize that because he is still a physical back at, at, as well. I just think that right now, you know, you guys have such a dynamic, you know, set of receivers as far as the speed of Tariq Hill and, um, you know, and, and then Jalen Waddle. I mean, you, you, you look at these guys and they're, they're, they're blazers. So I just think right now he's still figuring it out himself, what he has in, in Miami. I mean, I know it's late in the season, but it's so much talent on that offense that, you know, he, he wants to spread the ball around. And that is one thing that, you know, being a disciple of Shanahan, of Kyle Shanahan, at least coming from San Francisco, they spread the ball around. And if you look at the 49ers offense, you know, and you look at Debo and you look at um, Brandon, um, you know, Koik, I always mess his last name up. But if you look at what they have and Kittle, they spread the ball around. So it's not a one man gang by any means. And I think in Miami, that's just the way it's going to be. Whoever's riding a hot hand that week is going to get the ball. But overall, they're, they're going to try to put it in everybody's hands, and that's what McDaniel does. 
Coming into this game Sunday, the Commanders win if the Dolphins win if. And if you could, I'm not sure if you're comfortable making a score prediction, but uh, we'd love that if, you, if you're able to give this in. Well, I would just come out and say this. Washington wins if they can go back in time warp to 19, what, 81? Would they beat the <laughs> Dolphins in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 17? That's the only way they're winning. Um, and I'm just, you know, I hate to say it because I cover them, but I, 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 I'm not biased. I try to tell the truth. Um, I just think the Dolphins are way too talented and they have much more to play for. It, it, put it like this. If the Dolphins were to lose this game, then I would call them a fraud. You know, because let's be honest, guys, they haven't really beaten, you know, a lot of teams that have winning records. So with that said, I still think they're one of the best teams in the league. I, I really do. And I think they're, they're going to beat Washington, but Washington's not going to be a team that's going to roll over. So it's not going to it's not going to be 70 to 20, guys. Don't don't think that. <laughs> I mean, um, it, it could get ugly late, but early for for a couple quarters, it's going to be a competitive football game. So. I say this, if Washington were to have a chance to win, they would have to put all kinds of pressure on, you know, on Tua. I mean, they would get a legit pass rush and they would make him uncomfortable in the pocket. I just don't see that happening because they traded away their two best edge rushers and they haven't been able to produce a whole lot of sacks. Yeah, they did have nine against the Giants, but they still lost that game. But overall, they haven't been able to get a, a legitimate quarterback pressure uh, consistently. So uh, that's how what they would have to do to win the game. And for Miami to win the game, man, I would just say show up. <laughs> Don't have the bus get flat tires on the way to the stadium and they're going to win the football game. Well, like, appreciate you. Thank you for your time, man. It was a great interview. Um, much success to you guys going forth. You, you guys got that uh, – you guys got that 76er money in the building, no? With Josh Harris? So, I mean, hey, man, hey, he's going to put – he's going to do what he can to put you guys in position to succeed. He doesn't – he's a real competitive owner. That's It's a good thing to have guys like that who are willing to spend money and, you know, he, he showed that immediately. He put some money into the stadium right off the bat, right? So – Yeah, he did. He did. I mean, they're going to have to get a new stadium ultimately, um, you know, but I, I think a lot of people are excited just because it's not Dan Snyder owning the team. But Josh Harris is a, is a sports owner, naturally has the New Jersey Devils as, as well, and they've been competitive and, uh, you know, in the NHL. So I think a lot of people are looking forward to the day where this, this franchise can get back to kind of where they were as, as far as one of the, you know, one of the real golden outfits for the NFL. And it hasn't been like that in 30-plus years, so – that's a long time ago, but hopefully they can get back to, to being a competitive team year in and year out. Once again, Lake, I want to thank you for your time. Appreciate you joining us today, and uh, hopefully we can uh, do some more things in the future. Uh, maybe maybe we'll have a, a Dolphins Commander Super Bowl or something like that coming in the future. We'll see. Appreciate you guys for, uh, for having me on, and uh, anytime you need me, just, just don't hesitate to reach out. <laughs>